Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Hello, we today this is still one talks, and today we're here, not with Roni. Um, Ronnie's not with us, unfortunately, but we're with, not with Jill. Yay, Jill. <laughs> um, Tell Bonner, a Tell Bonner collaborator, <laughs> Tell Bonner, and um, amazing um, philosopher, author of the amazing podcast The Void, which is hilarious. <laughs> and um, would you like to say a bit more about you, Jill? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm Jill, also known as Doctor Bitchcraft. Uh, I pole dance, I philosophize, I have an existential crisis every day, and I talk about it in my podcast called The Void. Um, it's basically me connecting to everyone who wants to listen on our uh, about our humanity. So definitely check it out if you want to hear me uh, go on about the same subject for way too long <laughs> you can uh, and i'm going to plug myself <laughs> you can find uh, in, uh, the podcast on instagram.com slash the void podcast underscore and uh, i would love to have you in my little uh, chamber of uh, existential dread it's amazing it's uh, something <laughs> the last episode that i've heard about singles um single people i was very tempted to share that with my single uh, friends but uh, I thought to myself, maybe I don't want to make their day <laughs> terrible, ruin their day right now. No, so. I do think it's important knowledge. Like I don't know how uh, deeply I can go into it, but um, yeah, okay. So I, I'm going to not spoil it. So I just because I still want you to listen, right? But um, it, I talk about how singledom is not as uh, innocent as we often think it is. That there can be a lot of uh, psychosocial things um, that are like that result in singledom and it's a shitty thing to admit people don't like to talk about it so i do that's kind of my thing and um yeah i, I had a lot of people tell me uh, i said it to my single friends and they were kind of pissed and i was like perfect oh wow, wow. <laughs> that's good yeah. i want people to be uncomfortable but not because of yeah <laughs> but seriously um and not because they can be mad at me because all everything i say is usually scientifically uh backed or I'm really good at defending my points. So they have to, they, they usually become mad at themselves that they have to think about stuff they didn't think about before. Yeah, yeah. You plant a little bomb there, a little yes. Russian horse, and then you just have to go away and then digest it in, um, exactly. in your own time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank I you. Think it's, it's really amazing. Um, and you also teach pole dancing, right? I do, I do. So. I give private classes and uh, I'm booked for workshops. Uh, bachelor parties are my fave because, you know, I wow. love the fact that people get like half drunk and they're like, you know what, now I want to slide around the floor like a crazy person. <laughs> and that's perfect. Like, it's the <laughs> it's really fun for me. I didn't know that you do, did parties. Okay. Yes, yeah, I do parties as well, which is hilarious. And people have been uh, recommending me at, at an agency, so I get a lot of bachelor parties because people are like you have to take that one she's crazy she's perfect hire her so i'm getting a lot of jobs <laughs> we, yeah we vouch for that you're great Thank you. crazy yeah <laughs> kind of there but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, out there out there yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, definitely mm. fun one <laughs> so we had a plan for today which was to talk about a few things but yes Maybe not the nicest things, but I think we can make them 
a little more uh, palatable, let's say. Yeah. But yeah. it is important to talk about. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the latest crisis and the latest um, thing out there, pandemic, um, monkeypox. Yes. Yay. Yeah, it's horrible. Like the name, it's just... Ugh. The name is begins with the name, which is terrible. Yes, yes. It already, even without knowing what it is, it sounds like something you would never want to have. Because, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Having to tell someone you have monkeypox, just the name alone. Can we call it something else? Yeah, we can. It's like it's if COVID-19 would be called bad COVID-19. Yeah, like, yeah. bad? Bad, bad COVID-19. Bad, get something yeah. from the bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, if it's already in the name, like, terrible, yeah. terrible yeah, disease. pox have these things that like chicken pox yeah, and yeah. monkey pox and yeah. uh, oh what's what? next you know i don't know what animal will <laughs> decide to generate some pox that then the humans can sort of acquire yeah um, oh god but in kind of in more serious tone so the things are getting a little bit out of hand when it comes to monkey pox so apparently it's a virus that you don't die from it mm-hmm. if you get it but the effects of it the symptoms are excruciate, excruciating pain i cannot say this word so our pain is hell um because talk us through the symptoms what do the symptoms look like um, as far as i know they're like headaches sore muscles um there will be blisters and this is actually the blisters is kind of the most important part um, because it's through contact skin contact with the blisters that it transmits itself mm-hmm. mostly um, but then there's a whole array of symptoms I, I, I picked up a t- uh, um, found out a tweet from uh, your disco dad um, <laughs> and where he's describing the symptoms of um, having monkeypox so it says for instance like I'm gonna make this a bit bigger. Do you want to read them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, disco, your disco dad says, at the same time, I managed to get a monkeypox vaccination appointment for the following Monday. Following my vaccination, I had a fever. I attributed this to the fact that as a child, I did not respond well to the live uh, smallpox vaccine. I had bad fevers then too. After the fever broke, I noticed roughly six spots around my butt. This number since doubled. After three nights of little to no sleep, I took myself to Dean Street and they confirmed my suspicions. I had monkeypox. They sent me home with codomol, uh, lidocaine for pain, and lidocaine for pain management. Other than the pain in the ass, I have smallpox marks all over my body. Not like the ones you see when you Google uh, and something. Thankfully, most would not notice so i'm isolating at home and social distancing from chris who has been vaccinated on the pain am i reading too much no 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 i think we can read this next uh, yeah uh, right i'm just going to talk you through it it's like a story time on the pain on a scale of one to fuck me it hurts there are moments you just want to want the world to swallow you up but then there's codeine i fractured bones and been operated on without anesthetic this pain is a whole new level so solidarity with all monkeypox sufferers so let's leave it at that there continues but thanks jill i mean it sounds it sounds shit it sounds really bad yeah it sounds really um nasty uh thing to have yeah 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 and you know it's also 
pride season it is summer there's a lot of parties oh i want to add one more yeah, thing i'm go sorry ahead. but go ahead. this i think is important so uh your disco dad says he was um asked to not have bareback sex for a further eight weeks as they are not certain whether the virus is still transmitted through semen or not and i think that's an important point because they're obviously it's a new uh, virus so they're um yeah the evidence or the studies on it have been limited and that's also what makes it scary yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah that's true um so but on the flip side so this is pretty grim yes and it's like okay if you go to a club or you make out with someone and it's possible for you to get it yeah just simply by a, without knowing just touching someone's blisters or even in other ways that are not really clear at the moment mm-hmm. um but the good news is that there's a vaccine against it um I know that in the States they had a ton of vaccines because it was in storage just for the case of some bio threat terrorism kind of thing. So they have a vaccine that actually works against um, chicken, um, sorry, monkeypox. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our little context here in the Netherlands, um, there's also vaccines and people are starting to get vaccinated. Now, this is the good news. The bad news is that um, that vaccine is not accessible. You cannot call the GGD and say, hey, I want to get vaccinated mm. for monkeypox. And then here's the vaccination site and your time, etc. Mm. You initially, it was only um, uh, destined for people that uh, have are immune compromised, mostly HIV people that live with HIV and people that are on PrEP, um, prephylax, pre-exposure prephylaxia, so medication that avoids uh, catching AIDS. Um, and uh, so you would get notified, you get notified if you are on those lists and mm-hmm. say, okay, come and schedule your vaccine and come and take it. Mm-hmm. And my own experience is that I got contacted simply because I'm in the GGD system as someone that has sex with men because I got uh, STI tests done um, at their man-to-man clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got offered the chance to get vaccinated, which I accepted and mm-hmm. uh, it went all fine. And then in a month from now, I'll get a second dose of uh, the vaccine mm-hmm. but now the, the problem is okay what if you don't fall into those categories mm-hmm. and at the moment you don't get invited and you cannot ask for yourself to get vaccinated mm-hmm. so this is it's weird n- it's weird and it's not good i mean it, i think there's something like a very pragmatic and statistical approach and so let's focus first on the groups that we've seen more monkeypox be pr- present and um, that are more at risk, mm. but yeah. I do understand the um, the approach because it's very okay. Let's not spread, um, you know, like a lot of panic. Let's just keep it a little bit more contained by only asking a specific target group to get the vaccine. So I get the pragmatism of it, and I think that once they see more cases in other uh, parts of the uh, of. Um, uh, you know like society okay. then of course other people are going to be able to get it too but i think for now they're just trying to keep it a little bit contained because honestly i have i had no idea about it you know so i feel like they're just trying to keep the 
panic at bay maybe mm-hmm. or keep it contained yeah because we are already in the middle of a pandemic right right and then you have a second pandemic yes. on top of it it's like the inception of pandemics like can we just stop already honestly yeah uh, but i mean we were talking a little bit beforehand and it seemed also that in terms of that policy although it has it's understandable to a given degree there's a little bit of a stigmatization of the virus right that you're talking about it before and yeah yeah it just seems to echo a lot of kind of yeah. history. The first thing I said was I got a chill down my spine because I was like, oh, this makes me think of another crisis that, you know, like befell the LGBTQ community. And that's a horrendous uh, parallel to, to draw. I can imagine that for, you know, we don't have a lot of gay elders, but I can imagine for the ones that are still around that this is super triggering, mm. like th- that this is so scary, honestly. Yeah. Um, y- you know, we can't forget about the, the whole AIDS uh, epidemic. We really can't. And, you know, this just... I can imagine that it brings so much... Yeah, no, in terms of emotions, that it stirs up so much in people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's I, kind of scary. It's kind of scary. And, and I would be... Yeah, it would be great if we knew what would be the ideal scenario and how to best deal with this type of crisis in a way that was less triggering and less alarming, but yet effective. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But uh, yeah, but this is, it's kind of a bit problematic, but it's it's still, there's some hope that things are being done. On the the testing part, Mm. I don't know how can you get tested in the Netherlands um, mm. not sure about that um, at the moment so that would be yeah a question that is lingering and probably should look into making some more research on that mm. um, but I feel like the the fear with every new virus is a mutation right and because the virus is pretty young so you don't know how it's going to develop and I love the fact they already have vaccines because it kind of lessens the chance that it's going to mutate unless of course a whole nother group of people is going to be affected by it because then you kind of start from square one again what yeah. if, in terms of you know the the whole uh, structure of the virus and i mean knock on wood yes, but that's please. most likely gonna happen um so yeah but we're not virologists yeah we're or not epidemiologists so mm-hmm. we don't probably no. should invite Dr. Fauci to <laughs> but share I think I think the most important point we're trying to make here is you know just be aware of it like especially if you have sex with men um, just make sure that you stay on top of news about the virus because I think for now that it's very important to stay educated um, you know especially if it befalls your community it's kind of your duty to understand what's going on yeah. and uh, so stay in the loop and don't just look at tweets look at numbers look at um, places of um, uh, you know like reputable places where you can get information that is statistically proven yeah. look at the website from GGD they yes. have good data but also I mean it's up to us a little bit to try to press our um, governments to provide this care for our population and to keep us safe. So, of course, if you're not one in one of the groups that is eligible to get a vaccine at the moment, I think it's important to make some noise. Even if you got a vaccine and you're 
in a position that you got a vaccine, I think it's important to talk about it mm-hmm. and to say, hey, we want to get vaccinated. Yeah, I do think it says a lot that my my straight ass didn't uh, didn't know anything about this. Maybe because I live in a bubble and I don't, I haven't owned the TV for what over a decade, mm-hmm. and I hate social media. So maybe that's it. But you know, it's something that I can kind of that I until now could have kind of not pay attention to and that's a luxury right because obviously there are people in society that don't have that so i do think that it is good that there's special attention paid to the most vulnerable of people in the first place um and it sounds shitty but the rest you know we can wait until there's more evidence that other people are at at risk as well yeah (laughs) Yeah, it sounds really weird, but honestly, like, it's strange because they could have used it as a precautionary measure and be like, okay, let's just vaccinate everyone. But I don't know why they took this approach. Maybe they don't have enough vaccines for everyone. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, But for instance, let's say this is also something that is interesting in terms of STI, sort of how do you handle, um, say, asking your new partner so you like in a party and you meet someone that you really fancy and you like start making out and go home and blah 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 and you're about to take off your clothes and sort of how do you talk about these things how do you talk about hey do you have any symptoms that are similar to as um to monkeypox for instance i think you should talk about those things uh far before any clothes are taken off because if uh, uh, imagine that conversation it's not very sexy when your pants are down to your ankles and you're like wait 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 no you should have that conversation beforehand you know when when you're not because you're stupid when you're horny you're not gonna wait until the last moment to have that conversation no you're not i i I, yeah i agree with that but (laughs) But also, and probably I'd be like, I'd be happy to disclose my STI status to almost anyone that I'm talking to, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are not. So maybe they just like, do, want to do a little bit of kissing, a little bit of that, and then say, okay, this is going to go, can go a bit further. Um, and maybe could be an opportunity to then disclose your STI status yeah, or yeah. Um, saying or ask some questions. So it could go simply as like, hey, Jill, what's your STI status? Are we... Um, I would I would bring it like I would bring it in another bring way. It on, bring it on. I would be like, hey, I'm tested, and I'm clean. Are you? Yeah. I, I, I I come up clear. Are you? Or something like like um, it's a it's a sensitive top top sensitive subject, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be if you just kind of you know don't make right. it weird. Yeah, but also saying you know. Um, that I'm clean and what are you? It puts a lot of pressure on someone not having any SDIs. And I could uh, say, hey, um, you know, oh, yeah, I think I had HPV like some mm-hmm. time ago, but it's not testable um, in individuals that uh, are um, assigned yeah. by the state as male or um, that have a penis. That have a penis. Um, mm, so I don't know, but I think everything is fine. And mm-hmm. you can tell often. What what do you say then, like to that? Uh, that that's a good moment to say. Uh, yeah, that's also a trust thing, right? Kind of hoping that someone is going to be honest with you because even if you are, no one promises you promises you that the other person is going to be. So I feel like there's always some kind of risk involved when with you know with uh, mm-hmm. that kind of sex, and all you can do is take responsibility, 
by being honest and then hoping that someone is being honest with you as well but it does have to be discussed yeah and i think that's you know it's it really should be honest and it's a great thing and say oh thank you for telling me that your um your results were negative mm -hmm. i also had my test like three months ago and they came out negative okay fine great oh, mm -hmm. that's, um, yeah. let's go on with the business but yeah but that's i think a conversation that we don't have often enough i mean or you got or if you use condoms you don't have to use it have the conversation at all most of the time so you know it depends on what you want like how difficult or how easy you want that situation <laughs> to, to be go. yeah 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 but then still like uh, things like hpv are now monkeypox they not necessarily involve need any genitalia contact to monkeypox uh, as well or Yes, because you can get monkeypox by touching oh, uh, yeah. and you the only, blisters of And someone. you only get the blisters around your genital area, I guess, right? You might or you might not. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. There might be another areas mm. of your body and you will not even notice it. Mm. And you don't know what they are. Mm. Um, so that might be the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you don't. You can even be wearing clothes if that matters. Yeah. So that's a bit more scary um i love how i'm talking about this it's almost like i have a sex life i don't <laughs> so <laughs> so don't listen to me <laughs> but way, no 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 but you would know what to do if you have you yeah. know what questions to ask. if i have the sex again i think i think you're lying no I think no, no. You have, like, oh honey no i wish i was lying but <laughs> yeah you know i, I give up i give up you <laughs> No, but honestly, I hope that, you know, I think it's very important that we talk about it. And uh, it's it sucks, but at the same time, it's just a way to protect yourself and uh, the people you care about. And normalize it a bit. And normalize it. I mean, come on. We've all had an STD at some point, right? I mean, yeah. come on. I, I don't know anyone who reaches the age of 30 without ever having had an STD. I'm, I'm not sure if I had HPV. I don't know. Um, but I think that could have been the only one, but I'm not ah. sure. But yeah, I had one too. Like, oh god, this is too much information. But I had a, Give I had a two timey ex that was horrendous. Like he, uh, you know, slept around, and I had uh, the worst. I had genital warts, and I was like, how the hell is this possible? Like he, the, 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 and he was like, are you cheating on me? And I was like, no. But then it turned out that he was cheating on me. So that's also um, this is a free tip. If you're dating someone and they're very paranoid about cheating, there's a good chance they themselves are cheating because that's where the paranoia comes from. You know, that's just, you know, this is just a tip from your Instagram auntie. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, words. That actually reminds me. So we, we have a bunch of books that we want to talk about. Um, and uh, I'm going to... I think we're gonna mm, have a break and then we'll and listen to put a song in and we're gonna be talking about one book about SDIs that's hilarious and there's a story that relates to um, uh, uh, words I think so <laughs> oh. let I'll try to um, make it as possible so, interesting okay. stay I'm tuned for the words yes and we are back with Telbone Talks here is Andre with Dr. Bitchcraft, aka Jill, or the other way around. Beep, 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 beep. You know, like <laughs> Yes, it is I. Our Instagram auntie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
where we left off, we talked a lot about monkeypox and we talked a lot about STIs. And um, there, uh, there is um, a wonderful book called Strange Bedfellows from um, Dr. Ina Park. Um, and uh, we can find it in Tailbone. And um, it's a really cool book. To learn about STIs since like a page turner mm-hmm. and I really had a blast reading because you both learn like kind of a bit of the science behind STIs and these viruses and uh, how they sort of spread and a bit of their history where they first find out but in mm-hmm. a really cool way so w- just one example one of the really nice stories that she tells is about um, pubic warts so first of all she starts talking al- about deletion of pubic hair and people like shaving it all doing um is it the brazilian yeah, or hollywood brazilian. it's brazilian yeah. hollywood is different it's a, it's a stripe it's a stripe yeah, yeah. Mm. landing stripe uh strip <laughs> <laughs> so um and first of all that becomes a little bit of a problem because it more likely if you um do a full waxing just before going on a date or before for having sex with someone, it's much more likely to get STIs because you're creating little micro wounds. Yeah. So at least give it six hours. That's kind of um, the advice. The and professional also, advice. trust me. Like, have you ever been waxed? I mean, you don't even want to. Honestly, I, I actually, I actually recently, I had, I got a piercing, a, a gish piercing, which is in my perineum. Oh wow. Yes, so I was in the in the piercing uh, chair, like lifting my uh, legs and my balls while the piercer was measuring and finding the exact spot that was best and pinching in here and then, and then would stand up and she would look from under and check it out. Yeah. It was it was quite good, but she's a, a, a true professional. Yeah. But I also and went without much pain and looks good and I'm really happy that I did it. Um, but oh, but I had a brilliant idea because I was reading this book on uh, the body piercing Bible by Elaine Angel. It says, "I make you piercing a favor and uh, wax yourself or shave yourself." So I like decided to do it, and it's like was fine. But then I started getting pain after doing the piercing, not because of the freaking piercing, but because the the waxing, it's the, the 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 hair was growing and making yeah. it really like ah, itchy also itchy. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is not worth it. So people <laughs> don't wax, don't shave if you don't want to go through this. No one should care about this. No, exactly. But also like even if you do it for yourself, because I am a um, yeah, I'm a waxing uh, uh, enthusiast because I'm just I'm just annoying that way. Even if I don't have sex, I just love how it looks. Also, I'm a pole dance teacher. I spread my legs a lot. Okay, so <laughs> it's the truth. It's true. But yeah. yeah, I get it done and, and they even on the website of my waxing place, they're like, please wear loose pants, you know, when you come and when you leave and like uh, like loose underwear or no underwear because, you know, you just really don't want that friction. Shit, so yeah. I can't even imagine having actual sex while that's happening. You know, I no, plan it at least a day or two in advance, y'all. Another tip from your Instagram auntie. I'm coming through with the tips. <laughs> so Instagram... <laughs> 
<laughs> so here's the story going back to strange bedfellows the book so uh, it, uh, the author is talking about this trend in full waxing no hair whatsoever and how sort of this is uh, detrimental for um uh, stis but also it is um it's putting a species an animal species <laughs> in danger <laughs> which is the pubic lies Mm-hmm. Um, and in the story um, that the author tells, there's the one of the characters is the curator of the Natural History Museum here in Rotterdam mm-hmm. that puts out an APB for looking for a specimen of pubic lice which is not part of is not yet in the museum collection, and only by going to the states and going to so, some late late television shows does this person manage to find the. <laughs> A specimen to add to the collection so maybe i think we should take a field trip and go and see the specimen of pubic lice oh my god that would the, be fun like a yeah. road trip like yes <laughs> let's go to an, on an excursion to <laughs> and look at the tiny vitrine <laughs> with a little box oh there it is <laughs> imported from somewhere deep <laughs> in somewhere i love that we kind of um it's kind of funny right that we just I kind of like murdered out an entire species because we want um, smooth penises and vaginas. Well, you also don't want pubic lice because they are freaking scratchy and annoying. We've all Googled it, right? It looks, it's literally like little things walking around on your, you know. Yeah. Or your hair, which is also like, ooh, uh, you don't want that. So, yeah. So. There's maybe some species with like their termination is not a bad thing. No, no, it's okay. I mean, were were pubic pubic lice really important for like the ecosystem? I doubt it, honestly. <laughs> I feel like they can, you know, like I feel like the world will continue to turn without pubic lice. Well, yeah, I think so. With, with our uh, deep knowledge of ecology and ecosystems, we we say that. <laughs> Pubic lice are not important. For Wouldn't it be funny if we googled it and it's like, yeah, okay, if pubic lice go extinct, we we lose all elephants in Africa. <laughs> I'm not I'm there to see, see that happen. Can you imagine? No, but I am willing to bet, and you can all like uh, hold me accountable. But I'm willing to bet that the the extinction of pubic lice has no real impact on the ecosystem. Bees, yes. Pubic lice, no. <laughs> we can do without them. Pubic lice are like that X you want to forget. Completely useless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, not even, it's not even like a fun STI. It's just no. like a nuisance. Yes. Um, Is there a fun STI? Is there a fun STI? Well, in the book, um, <laughs> in a, one one of the their kids are playing with these mascot toys and it's like, Oh, give me that. No, the gonorrhea is mine. Oh. <laughs> you had syphilis. Oh, that syphilis is, so is cute. yours. That is so, cute. Yeah, we can make them a bit more interesting. And I think that the book actually does that and shows that, okay, these are not evil monsters and your life, sexual life doesn't end if you end up with um, mm-hmm. a bad case of gonorrhea in your throat or something like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, but what I also find very unfortunate about these books is that they usually don't reach the people who need it the most, you know, because the people who need the most education on this stuff might not read a book. You know what I mean? Because people who are um, like higher educated or have more money are more likely to buy these books. Yeah. So 
It's gonna be the geeks, the sex geeks, and yes, the, exactly. the freaks, and the not the person in the bad neighborhood who you know is still they're still shaming each other because of you know like the th- those people are not going to read these books. But that also, I mean, it's also a thing about sex ed, um, and which I don't know. Apparently, the Netherlands. I hear that it's pretty okay. But mm-hmm. do you know anything about it that you can tell us a bit? I, I grew about? up. I was born and raised in the Netherlands, and I can remember in high school that there was this sex bus, and uh, there was a sex. excuse me a sex bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we weren't having sex on the bus, okay? But it was like <laughs> no. only in the Netherlands a sex bus, okay? No, but seriously, it was like a really big bus, and the, in, and the inside was really cute, like with the plush plush. Like uh, the little fuzzy stuff yeah, on the yeah, wall, yeah. and like uh, dildos and stuff, and they were like, she did a little quiz, like what is this? How do you put a condom on? And we learned like uh, in in a playful way, and right. uh, after that we just went back to class. And I remember that, and I thought it was very useful. And everyone got condoms, and it was it's pretty normal. That in the happened like once when you were like sixteen or oh, uh, like twice. I think it happened once a year during all school uh, during high school. But I feel like cool. I went to a, I. I grew up in a horrible neighborhood, so I'm really happy that they still managed to pay attention to that. Because let me tell you, if any neighborhood needs sex ed, it's the bad ones. Because you know, um, I don't know how many of you have grown up in a bad neighborhood, but you know, if you have, you can vouch for me. I know so many people who you know grew up where I grew up and are still living where they live with 14 kids you know it's just not you know what I mean like sex ed is not really a thing people are still like cussing each other out because of STDs and stuff so it's really important but they are not going to read this book no that's that's why the sex bus is important the sex bus is important things like um, um, sex positive shops like Tailbone that uh, give like information in like more digestible forms than uh, like a book which is not boring but yeah it's not going to be picked up by a lot of people so yeah it's still uh, you need to find that information elsewhere but yeah and also god bless the sex ed teachers because especially those who go to bad neighborhoods in their freaking pink bus i don't know who you are lady like i i would be so cool if i know who she was because i would be following her on instagram but god bless you because not a lot of people would have taken that job, but you did, and you were enthusiastic about it, and good for you. Oh my god, I I I love that people. I think they should like the people that are teaching sex ed and a pink buzz. They a real MVPs. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. respect. Yeah, <laughs> really. Um, talking about um, also sex education, one cool thing that has uh, we're discussing a little bit before is that tailbone now um is selling more um items and clothing items from transmissive which is this uh super cute local um company in amsterdam that does Mm. mostly underwear for uh trans folks and non-binary folks um and tailbone is having a range of um yeah of their items to be fitted you can go and fit yourself there and find it out but this company is freaking amazing and they have a super cute story um, about it yeah i I follow uh, transmissi on instagram and it looks really nice but what is the story so just before the story so they do mostly like binders and tucking underwear um, and, and a bunch of other cool things like swimming wear as well mm. um, 
and the story is that the founder um, because I think they studied uh, fashion and their brother was transitioning mm. and there was no like um, clothing that would have been the process so the founder started uh, using her skills to actually produce uh, clothing for her brother wow. and then her brother told his friends and then the friends the friends told, uh, told their friends so the whole thing started to grow more and more mm -hmm. and now it's it's fairly big and they are um, covering like a lot having a lot of orders and mm -hmm. uh, you can also get them from tailbone um, but it's also very beautiful that um, teenagers and kids are mm. going in with their parents and getting their first binder oh. and it's really beautiful so yeah it's um we're super excited to be yeah. having things from transmissy um tailbone so yeah check it out it sounds awesome yeah also do they give um, um like uh, do they educate do they give classes or is it just uh selling uh, binders? no because they produce all of their things in-house so they oh, focus wow. on the production of these uh, items oh. so they're not like made in China that's or great that is also really good like if you want to help uh, out a local business then definitely definitely check them out yeah exactly that's that's that we're very excited to, to have them um, and you just like on updates maybe mm -hmm. it's like then kind of wrapping up the show you Jill were talking about some new plans for you for your life that I don't know if you want to disclose them yeah. but that I'm putting you on the hot seat no it's okay there's no hot seat listen friends I was thinking about my life and what I wanted to do with it you know like like uh, all of us do sometimes and I was like you know <laughs> I, I think it's time for a real job and <laughs> I figured I want to be like I've studied there um, studied psychology and for the longest time I kind of avoided having an actual job because I didn't feel ready. I feel like people take the job way too lightly and uh, you know you've seen the type of therapist they give you like 25 year olds called Marike. No. <laughs> like no I'm not ready yet. I need to kind of I need to kind of uh, restore my faith about the you know about the field and once I feel like I as a person am ready to be there for another person, then I want to do this. And the time is now. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm trying to uh, not of now, not, not, not exactly now. Don't call me. Like it's going to go. <laughs> it's not. It's a plan that is in, yes. in motion, but it's not. Yes. Yeah. So don't fully. at me. But you know, like um, no DMs, please. <laughs> about other things, but not this. So. Um, yeah, I want to be a therapist, but then I want to help people of the LGBTQ community or people that are transitioning. Like because I'm not going to help Sonna and Peter have a better marriage. marriage. You know, like I told you, like I want to be, I want to help. So that's what, what my plan is, and I hope that if you're listening to this and you're part of the community and you see my name somewhere, because obviously my professional name is also going to be Dr. Bitchcraft, <laughs> then definitely come visit me. Yeah, that it's, uh, I think it's something that is in need, and from talking with a lot of friends that are either transitioning the, um, or uh, uh, are non-binary, like them, level of professional help that's available is not that much that it's familiar with sort of this mm -hmm. kind of universe and what you might be going through mm -hmm. so that's um that's something that i think it's needed because yeah how much can you get from marika when she's 25 year old 
why then coming yeah. out of uni and also as a straight person I, I i have been adopted by the gay community or, or by the lgbtq ia plus community like since i was a little kid it was the people that i hung out the most and i grew up never understanding what the deal was and my first boyfriend was gay and um yeah, yeah oh that's a fun story my first boyfriend was gay um we bonded over our love for lisa minnelli and then i realized <laughs> <laughs> Later on, I thought, I sh- uh, maybe I should have known. But we loved, he loved fitting my clothes and uh, wearing my shoes. And I thought nothing of it because I was just used to dealing with people who weren't um, like uh, on the gender binary or like didn't identify as one or the other. So I thought nothing of it. And I think now looking back on it, I think it's very beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. that I had a boyfriend who wanted to wear my clothes and I just thought, okay, just don't rip it. You know, like I had no problem with it. And that's why I want to do something back for the community because I feel like I've al- always been held by the community. So it means a lot to me. I, I, I For myself as well as like, uh, I think having growing up with a queer community and LGBTQ, community uh, around you having gay and queer friends uh, even if you're straight or were straight at that point it's really enriching because you really start seeing things on a totally different world you start seeing okay well sex can be casual but it doesn't need to be like um, something that you have to leave that it leaves a bad taste in your mouth Um, you learn to really accept uh, people for who they are and saying yeah. like I feel attracted to this person there's nothing wrong with it but I do have to say it's kind of like um, um, you already have to accept people who they are to be able right. to so you know so I feel like it says a lot about you if you uh, are very young and you're like oh yeah I know people that did this I know people that did that it tells me like when people say that it tells me that they were always open minded I feel like as a kid I was always just because I was not raised in in, in a non-homophobic house, household please know that I had no reason to be this open and this loving and I somehow managed to be it and I'm always very proud of that and you know I remember that I had a niece who of a cousin who was gay and I always knew and uh, I told her I was really young I was seven or eight it's one of my first memories and um, she brought her friend you know with air quotes mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to the family parties and I told her it's okay if she's not just your friend it's okay if oh you are God. in love with her and she almost cried and uh, now that I think about it it's pretty amazing that I and I had no examples we didn't have like gay media or anything or you know it wasn't like right, now right. it was a very you didn't talk about being gay on TV and people still made homophobic jokes all the time and right, homophobic right, yeah, plot yeah, yeah. lines so yeah that is one of my proudest moments yeah you know still great. no it, it's, it's definitely great and uh, yeah i don't know how it happened but i think yeah. it's like being exposed to a lot and sort of being yeah. loved and i think it's because i like i said it came from a bad my childhood was horrendous like honestly but i feel like because i knew what it was like to feel displaced to feel uh, ignored misunderstood you know i just always related to the underdog to the people who had it rough to the people who felt unseen so i feel like that's just i naturally gravitated to the gay community it's just all my entire life that that's great i mean that reminds me sort of of my grandma was like she was very devout catholic Mm. extremely but her love for people anyone that was nice to her and she was a very nice person back it was just like 
unconditional. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter if her son was gay. It didn't matter if she had like a a, a friend of her own age that was also gay and very frisky. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa didn't like him have, having him around that much. <laughs> but she didn't care. Oh, that's beautiful. So so it's like like this also grew. I mean, there was of course a thing of not necessarily naming things by mm-hmm. their names but of accepting the reality as it is and people as they are that's already very progressive you know because that's already like a lot for someone of that generation to be like we don't have to call things by their name but you're good to me and i love you for that you know this is also interesting when you start thinking of religion because for instance i know a bit of catholicism because having to sort of um just yeah just came to me (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. Um, but there's a thing about accepting people for who they are. There's mm-hmm. a thing of like, don't don't discriminate on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, accept. Um, and it's for me, it's very contra- contradictory to see things like the Catholic uh, Catholic Church um, really discriminating and being homophobic. You know what I think the problem is? Um, no one knows what they're talking about because a lot of people just take religion and just interpret it the way they want, right? So right. you can be like, "Oh, uh, now I hate gays," and you know, you have this passage because in yeah. the passage of Samuel three, ta ta ta, then there's this thing that can be interpreted as being yes. homophobic. Yeah, and it's just like now you have a homophobic god. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> like, but also it's very contradictory, the idea that something can be immaculate and also make mistakes. It, I mean, that's or just... Or no, virgin can, and pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, if there was IVF, maybe she used a turkey baster. Who knows? I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> what, the turkey baster? You know, like... What's the turkey baster? The it's thing like you use to like make oh, the burger juicy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, you don't know what they were doing. No, you don't know. But Joseph and Mary, they were kinky. <laughs> Who knows? Mm. But like the whole idea that something is immaculate, but he also makes mistakes, that's nonsense. Like if you say God is immaculate, then all his creation should also be. be because he wouldn't make a mistake now, would he? And if he did, would he still be God? Honestly, I'm going to make an episode about this. <laughs> So you're getting a little bit of a taste of the <laughs> void here. This is this is basically what my podcast is. It's just an hour of me talking to myself. <laughs> and complaining about your knees. Yeah, and basically yeah yeah <laughs> I just it's just literally should think of it as something that is not really a thing. Like this is how I would talk to you if you were standing in my kitchen. You know, like it's yeah, just yeah. Well, this is the idea here that we're standing next, not in your kitchen, but next to Worm's kitchen. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And now we don't have any kind of dishes sounds going around, but uh, we have. Okay. So <laughs> shall we wrap up this? Uh, yeah. Jill, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having uh, me. Always a wonderful co-host slash guest. Follow Jill and at Doctor Bitchcraft. Yeah, you can go to if you want to see me naked. You can go to Doctor Point. Uh, dot doctor dot bitchcraft underscore and if you want to see me talk you can go to the void podcast underscore i mean both of them are, <laughs> are, are fun so oh yeah <laughs> thank you so it's, no, it's good it's the good stuff I, uh, and um yeah and if you want also to get pole dancing classes well jill is the person yeah you can also dm me because uh, i'm yeah. a professional uh you know like all my communication all my professional communication goes via dm, DM. <laughs> And uh, you can check uh, the book that we talked about, Strange Bedfellows, and uh, um, 
Transmissi Underwear at tailboneshop.com and uh, we're saying bye and uh, see you in two weeks. Yeah, auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> <laughs> Tschüssi. <laughs> Tschüssi.